do we have here? You said you were doing overtime, but you're in the bar. I didn't know this was your office. Can't you just cut me some slacks? I really was working, but my boss invited me here. Oh, really? I find that hard to believe. I'm sure you're here with another woman. You're barking at the wrong dog. No, I've had enough. This is really is it. I'm breaking up with you. Eddie, wow. Fine. It's not my loss. This is like a blessing in disguise. Goodbye. Welcome to the 33rd episode of Banana Q Podcast. Yesterday was English Language Day, so today we thought that we would talk about the Filipinos' relationship to the English language. The cold open had a lot of funny lines, and most of those lines are expressions that are frequently mispronounced or... <laughs> incorrectly used. Yeah, incorrectly used by Filipinos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we, we have a love-hate relationship with the English as a language. We probably should start with our love for the language. And we can start with why we Filipinos are generally have a higher proficiency in the language compared to other Southeast Asian nations. Like right now, I'm in Japan. Compared to Japan, we Filipinos have a higher English proficiency. And I get frequently asked why that is. And my answer, my short answer is it's because we use English in our studies, in our educational system, English is used as the medium of communication. So compared to, say, Japan, they study subjects like science, history in their local language. So their only exposure to the language English is through the subject English, which is like one subject compared to us, where we learn all the other subjects in the English language. Ah, yeah, that's true. So that's the short answer. But then Some people would ask, okay, why? Why is our educational system based not on our own local language? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is, you know, in this podcast, we've frequently mentioned that the Filipinos or the Philippines have been under Spanish colonization for 300 years from 15th or 16th to 19th century. But right after that story, we've been liberated from the Spaniards through the help of our American friends. Yeah. Now, during that time, through the then U.S. President William McKinley, he decided that English will be the medium of instruction because we Filipinos, we, we speak a lot of dialects. It's so hard to come <laughs> up with an educational system based out of several dialects. And do, do you remember in our history, we have these people called the Thamasites? Aren't they like priests or something? No, Thamasites are a group of 600 American teachers aboard USS Thomas. So it's not Thomas the train. Okay. It's actually USS Thomas the ship <laughs> that brought <laughs> these American teachers to the Philippines. So it's a combination of several professors from different universities. And these teachers, then called Thomasites, helped build our public school system. They also taught basic education and, you know, helped train Filipino teachers. So it makes sense and it's logical for these American teachers to teach in English mm-hmm. rather than spending a lot of time trying to learn the local dialect. Hence, the English as a medium of education mm-hmm. for the Filipinos is born. It actually makes sense um, because, you know, it's it's a bit more difficult to translate those books to Tagalog <laughs> yes. or whatever, right? <laughs> and that would further delay our education. And, and at the time of 1901, you know, we are severely behind other countries in our educational system. And so with haste, 
they created English as the medium of our instruction. And I think English, you know, is one of those legacies that the Americans left behind that we continue to benefit until now. Yes. The, the Philippines is one of the top business process outsourcing destination because of our comfort or our level of English proficiency. Yeah, that's right. Non-Filipinos probably would be surprised to hear that in our schools, like for example, you have eight subjects in elementary or in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Six of that we've been English, science, math, mm -hmm. all of those are in English. And then we only had two subjects in Tagalog, which is usually the Filipino subject itself. And also the civica at cultura or the civics and culture because it's Philippine history. Uh, actually, I remember... Our civics and culture, it was taught in English as well. I remember we only had one subject that's taught not in English. I think Sibika at Cultura was Tagalog in my elementary school. But when in high uh. school, it was actually social studies. So it became English. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yet the question is, though, why is it that despite this, right, seven subjects out of eight are in English, but Filipinos actually don't like to speak in English? Even though you do know the words, you are good at writing and reading English. But when you have to speak, usually this happens when there's a foreigner in your midst. Like, okay, there's mm. there's yeah. an expat in the office. And then whenever he's around, we would jokingly say, oh, who's going to talk to him? Like, nosebleed, nosebleed. <laughs> And why is that? And we are going to give some examples of how Filipinos are afraid to speak in English. One of the glaring examples why we say a lot of Filipinos are afraid or feel awkward to speak in English is the absence or the scarcity of guests for our podcast. Whenever we ask our friends, hey, come and join us in our podcast, be our guest. And when we ask them to speak in English, they would say, um, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Can I bail out? I'm not really comfortable speaking in English. Yeah. Which is contrary to the idea that we're supposed to be good in English. We're supposed to be comfortable with English. Why? Yeah. I have a lot of friends as well. Like even those who eventually manage to guess on the podcast, like when I say, okay, now mm. we need to speak in English. They would like, what? Uh, no. Like, why? Are you sure? <laughs> you are a UK citizen, Zenny. <laughs> I'm sure that you know how to speak in English. You can do this. And she does know it. She is a good English speaker, but we are just very conscious of speaking in English. I always say that, oh, don't you worry. This is pre-recorded. It's not live. Mm -hmm. it's, it's gonna be edited during post-production, so you don't need to worry, but still, <laughs> we have a scarcity of guests in this podcast. Yeah, when it's Filipino. <laughs> so sometimes that is why we just reach out to other nationalities, mm. like because they're <laughs> more comfortable speaking in English with us. Rather than our mm. Kapwa Pinoy's or our Filipinos. And mm. I think for yes. me, um, I suspect that one of the reasons why that is, is because back in the Philippines, a lot of people dislike Ingliseros or what you call the Filipinos who often speak in English. So they're usually tagged as pasosyal or konyo. Social, by the way, does not translate to social. You know, even though it sounds that way, it doesn't mean that. It actually means yeah. high class. But in the context of pasocial, it actually means you're trying to appear high class. Yeah, like a social climber. Yeah. So in the Philippines, that's not a good thing. Like people look down 
on people like that. And konyo, meanwhile, refers to someone who speaks Taglish, which is a mixture of Tagalog and English, usually in a pasosyal way. According to an article from aculturetrip.com, the konyo language is prominent among youth in the upper class. It's usually heard in everyday conversations among high school and college students who study at expensive colleges and universities. It has become more than a language, as the term has been used to describe people as konyo, since these people, who are often wealthy or social climbers, they speak this language and have certain characteristics or mannerisms. They are up-to-date with the latest gadgets, do not know how to ride public transport, and own expensive belongings. Mm. So, there have been negative views about the use of the language or the culture of Konyo because it suggests that there's a need to incorporate the English language into the native dialect and that only well-educated people speak it. Mm. So, based on this, right, there's a negative connotation already, as you can see, (laughs) about the English language in the Philippines. And by the way, one more fun fact. Do you know what konyo actually means? Nope. I just know it as a term that that describes what you just referred to. But is there a literal meaning to konyo? Yes. Konyo is actually a Spanish word. And can you guess what it means? Just a random guess. Konyo in Spanish. Yes. Is it like being a con artist? (laughs) No. (laughs) You're pretending someone you're not? No. You're a konyo? Yeah, it's completely far off because it actually means female genitalia. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, I am not entirely sure how that term came about, but I don't think it was around when I was going to school. But when I first heard it, I was laughing because in my hometown, we use that word, yes, but it's for literally what it means. Because Chavacano dialect, as you know, is Creole Spanish. So, Sambongueños, when they hear that, like, what? Why are you saying that? <laughs> no, no, there are only two Tevacano words I know Chinga and now Konyo. Thank you, D, for adding. I don't... <laughs> okay, that's a very weird two words for you to know, but you know, if that word had existed, you know, in the context of the word that I just described. I think I probably would have been called that in school. Not because mm. I don't think I was pasosyal. It's just that I had classmates who were actual rich kids. That's probably where it evolved from. Because actual rich kids, they do talk that way. They spoke Taglish a lot. And I guess they rubbed off on me. Because when I reached college, I remember lots of classmates were telling me that when they first met me, they were intimidated by me or they had a negative connotation of me because I was Inglesera. Ah. <laughs> You were, of course, they won't use konyo, right? Because yeah, 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 yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's why, yeah, it, it definitely there definitely is. I think that is the main reason why Filipinos when we do know English, but we don't talk English to each other. Does it help, or I, I just feel that it makes it more difficult for you to speak in straight in English if you're used to speaking in a combination of Tagalog and English because it's hard to switch on and off, right? Y- yeah. If you're comfortable combining these two languages then if there's a need for you to speak straight in English say you're speaking to a foreigner Mm -hmm. I just 
find it more difficult to kind of switch that part of your brain off. Yeah, I think you're right. And also, I think those who do speak Taglish, it's fine if it sounds natural, but some of them, it sounds really off. And maybe these are the ones that people don't like. Ah, yes. Like, it's too much like, you know, like, Ma, can you buy spaghetti in the palenque? You know, something. <laughs> 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 Just, um... <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Just use one or the other, not not combine. It, yeah. it sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds weird unless there is like no Tagalog word for the thing that you want, right? Like spaghetti. Mm. There's no Tagalog uh, word for right. spaghetti. Like maybe that's fine. Or the way you say it, maybe if it's with the tone that I mentioned. If you say, ma, pabili ng spaghetti sa palengke. Mm. Or ispaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> mm. Aside from this, do you think there's another reason why Filipinos are afraid to speak English to each other? I think it could be also that we know too much of the grammar and, you know, we're afraid to make a mistake. <laughs> there's there's always that wrong connotation that if you have the ability to speak in English, then you are a smarter or a more intelligent person. It's an incorrect connotation, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For all we know, you could just have memorized something out of a newspaper or out of a water bottle or wherever. So it's not really a, a measure of intelligence, which I think is the reason why we are more hesitant to use the language because we fear of being labeled as stupid if we make a grammatical mistake. Yeah, because Filipinos are judgmental. Yeah, we're very... <laughs> unfortunately, we're very judgmental. And so if you make a grammar mistake, people would correct you with a tone that, hey, you're so stupid, you shouldn't mm. make that mistake and in fact i play a lot of online games right and i always see filipinos trying to correct other people's grammar in the chat hey how come you're using a wrong grammar you should go back to school or something like that oh god okay <laughs> it just shows that we're too concerned about the grammatical errors and and that somehow makes us afraid to use the language and you know what for me i learn best with my mistakes so the more mistakes i make the better i become but if we are afraid to make mistakes then we will never get the chance to practice and so we will never improve so i think that's one of the reasons why we're awkward or somehow hesitant to use the language yeah that's a good point we shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes because that's how you learn yeah, then we should change the fact that we are judgmental let's embrace people <laughs> yeah. like don't be too insecure and you know if someone one's correcting you then you feel offended also oh, i was wrong i am very offended no embrace it like accept correction accept mm. uh, mistakes mistakes happen you know don't cry over spilled milk just let it go as what elsa would say it's natural to feel offended but maybe we should as you said try to correct how we react to these things it's the same way how we take criticism for everything like even at work yes. if your boss tells you something don't immediately take offense and i'll resign because my boss told me this and that oh but he is also helping you to improve, right? He will just let you keep on doing the wrong thing that you're doing. Then how are you going to learn? Exactly. In Singapore, we had a lot of fatchmates who were Filipinos, right? And I remember we had moments where when we were together, we would speak in our local language because we were mm. more comfortable speaking in Tagalog to each other. But actually, what we don't realize, it's it, we might be offending people around us. Yes. Eric, on that other podcast that we were interviewed in, mm -hmm. he mentioned that in Canada, Filipinos are notorious for speaking to each other in Tagalog and you know they, they're offending their colleagues. 
even though they're being told that you shouldn't speak in non-English, they still do it because that's what they're most comfortable in. And maybe because it's a habit back home, you don't want to speak English to Filipinos because, you know, the negative connotation. Even when you're abroad, you bring that bad habit. And we don't realize that we're alienating the people around us. And you will only notice that if you're the one on the receiving end of that, because I myself have experienced that as someone who lived in Singapore, which is predominantly Mandarin-speaking people, and Hong Kong, which is predominantly Cantonese-speaking people, and you, right? Yeah. Japanese-speaking people in Japan. So when people are talking around you in a language you don't understand, I'm sure they're not trying to offend you. You're probably not Mm. even supposed to be included in that conversation, but you feel left out, right? Exactly. Like, out of place, because like, oh, everyone's laughing, and you're like, "Hmm, what's the joke? What are they talking about? No, I'm not part of the group. (laughs) I'm left out. It's not a good feeling at all. So I think what we Filipinos should do if we're abroad is that we should make an effort to speak an English. Speak an English. (laughs) Speaking of wrong grammar. Speak in English. When when we're talking to Filipinos, right? Mm. It's an effort, sure, but then you're also improving your speaking ability. Yeah, make it a habit, I would say, to to speak in English, even though you're speaking to fellow Filipinos, especially when there are people around that cannot understand. I think it's polite to use a language that's common to everyone so that even though you're not actually talking about them, you're not backbiting them, but just common courtesy to speak in English. Even if they're not part of the conversation initially, you know, the conversation could go on a rabbit hole or something and then they might have some input on that like if it's work related Mm. right or if it eventually turns into a joke and everybody laughs then they're in on the joke and they will also laugh and not feel out of place yeah be part of a larger group be inclusive to the society don't let anyone feel left out yeah that's that's a good example and i think one other reason that we filipinos find it hard to speak in English is, or maybe we're very comfortable with the grammar, we can read and write English, but I think speaking is one of the more difficult tasks in communicating in English. And that's because in our local language, the Tagalog or the Filipino, it's very syllabic. Um, What I mean by that is it's pronounced the way it's spelled. Mm, Yeah. If it's ba or ba, it's forever pronounced as ba, like baho, baha. Bangkai, bagyo, what else? La babo. Like it's forever ba. But in English, it's different, right? Yeah, it depends. Even though it's spelled as ba, it does not necessarily mean it's pronounced as ba. For example, the word that's spelled b-a-n-k, for us Filipinos, we always pronounce it as bank. Oh, I will go to the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in proper American accent, they would pronounce it as bank. Like a letter A and an E, right? Banks. Yeah. And sometimes uh, that is why if you're in a foreign country, you're speaking in English as a Filipino, but sometimes they don't understand you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> because we are we are pronouncing it the way it's spelled, but to them, it sounds strange. Like Graham Crackers. We pronounce that as Graham, right? Graham. Yes. <laughs> and I have a colleague before. His name is Graham. And I called him Graham. I was like, actually, it's Graham. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> because it's spelled as G-R-A-H-A-M. And for us, it's Graham. Then little did I know, it's actually pronounced as Graham. And this is just one speck of the issue, right? Because in English, there's also the case of silent letters. Oh, yes. <laughs> Why would you put that there if you're not gonna pronounce it? In Filipino, 
there's no such thing as a silent letter. It's read the way it's written. So it's very simple. Why would you put T on listen? <laughs> yes. Seriously. Listen. There's no need. <laughs> That's a tip then. If you're learning Filipino and then you're just reading, like just read it out the way it's written. There is no hidden anything or, <laughs> or strange way of pronouncing things. Yes. There's no disclaimer needed. There's no hidden agenda. It's... <laughs> It's all there. Okay, sure. <laughs> I haven't heard of a spelling bee in Filipino. Have you? I don't really recall. Because <laughs> there's no need. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> there's no spelling bee in Filipino because it's nonsense to have one. Because <laughs> Yes, it's because it's very obvious, like, duh. <laughs> yeah, like, duh. <laughs> How do we improve? What what tips can we give our listeners to, to improve? Or I would say not improve, but be more comfortable in using the English language in, say, day-to-day lives. Because it's such a waste for us. We Filipinos, we've studied English. We've used English in our educational system. We, we know the grammar, but we're not using it. It's, it's like owning a sports car and then driving it in a traffic jam in Metro Manila. Because you have all the horsepower, but you got no room to gallop. There's just no use. Like It's useless. Why don't we try and use the language that we know, the, the grammar that we know, use it in every day and hopefully you know, be a better conversant or be more conversant in English in the future. So what, what tips can we give them? Uh, maybe first is watch a lot of movies, listening to how the actors say things and try to imitate them perhaps gives us the confidence in using English as a language. And, and I do that all the time. Like I watch a lot of TV shows. And in fact, I, I went to a trip somewhere and then a foreigner commented, how come your English is like an American accent? Have you lived in the US before? And I said, never. Like I've, I've never lived in the US. I've never been to the US even at that point in time. And, and he was wondering, hmm, how come you sound like an American? And I, I tried to think about it. And I said, the exposure I have to the American accent is through movies. Like I watch a lot of movies, watch a lot of TV series. And Perhaps I copied or I mimicked the the way they're saying things, the way they pronounce it. I, I wouldn't say our accent is American accent because we Filipinos, we have our own accent. Yes. It's just that we are leaning towards that accent as opposed to British English accent, which is quite different and quite difficult for us. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult for us to understand British people. Remember when we first started watching Sherlock without subtitles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And we're like, what is yeah, he trying it's, it's, to it's say? Very, very difficult. Probably because the, the accent, that there's a lot of letters and words that they're pronouncing it differently. And so, especially you know, in the show Sherlock, Benedict Cumberbatch speaks too fast for me to handle. It's just, uh, I don't know, I, I need subtitles. Yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, you, you're right. We do lean towards American accents simply because, you know, we were influenced by Americans. So the way we speak, the way we write, it's American English. And then we moved to Singapore and then they're using British English, right? So it's like, okay, why? Why scholar spelled this way, like with a U yeah. or honor and yes. all these things? <laughs> well, why is organization spelled with an S? Yes. <laughs> um, and you know, back then I was very judgmental. I was like, mm, how come people here don't know how to spell? Yes, exactly. <laughs> when in fact, it's an acceptable spelling. It's just that we were so immersed with the American form of English that it's hard for us to juggle uh, shifting to British English. 
Of course, another way to pick up English terms as well is to read books, even articles, if not books. For a lot of people, this seems like a chore. But when I was <laughs> younger, I was actually a bookworm. Mm. So that's how I improved my vocabulary. Mm. A guy that I met here, an expat, actually asked me, like, why is it that my English is more elevated compared to other Filipinos? I think it's because I read books and improved my vocabulary and also watch movies and TV shows and all that. It's not enough to just read them. You actually have to apply them. Like, you know, I like to write. Mm. As you know, I, I was a blogger. So I always incorporated whatever it is that I read or watched into my writing. Yeah. And remember that night where we were playing a game about trying to guess American idioms and like all of you were like, how do you even know this? Ah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like there were a lot of us, but I was the only one who knew what everything mm. meant. Even though I'm not American, I was very comfortable with what idioms were, which is not something you learn from school, right? Yes, that's right. That's something that you actually have to venture out on your own to pick up. Ah, that's, that's very good. Be before I go to the next chain of thought, I just wanted to mention to you that I just realized that there are certain languages or there are certain words that are more, I would say, appropriate being used in written form than in spoken form. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's a certain language, say, in emails, please find attached. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Like, you never use those words in a conversation. Like, well, yeah, you're right. Please find attached. Well, why do I still need to find, like... <laughs> Can't you just put it somewhere conspicuous? And I think there are certain language that, you know, written down like or written in books, it sounds so beautiful. Mm. But if you say it out loud, it sounds you're being too pretentious. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, like the, what's that? Uh, Ted Mosby. Yeah. <laughs> Chameleon. What's the, how, how do <laughs> No, but that's different. I think, yeah, that's an example also that it's not enough to just read. You should also watch or listen to people speak in English because you might be pronouncing it wrong. Like, like Ted yes. Mosby, he mentioned, like, he's like the chameleon. <laughs> Actually, it's pronounced as chameleon. <laughs> and then he was pretty sure, right? He was yeah. pretty sure. It was, like, it was like, what do you mean? I'm pretty sure it's chameleon. <laughs> and then his whole class is like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, so that's one thing. The danger of learning a language just through reading is that you end up being like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And speaking of emails, in Singapore, remember, they always like to say noted with thanks. Yeah. What the hell is that? You say that in emails, <laughs> but you wouldn't say that to someone like, hey, Ray, can you do this? Noted with thanks. <laughs> You're not going to say that, right? <laughs> One way I learned the language as well, or the way I've amassed certain vocabulary is through learning lyrics of music, of songs. Yes. Like there's, there's a popular hobby before you collect song lists or song hits uh, like a booklet containing the lyrics of your favorite songs and i used to do that i used to print lyrics i used to really digest what they mean because sometimes when you're singing a song and you think <laughs> you think these are the words but and then you're singing it out loud and then until somebody is correcting you actually that's not the real <laughs> lyrics it's misheard this. lyrics right yeah misheard lyrics i think there's a lot of those in the philippines as well <laughs> there's a lot of those so so i kind of research the lyrics and frankly there are a lot of words that I didn't know and that's why it prompted me to research you know look in the dictionary what that word actually means that's good 
you know, why, what, what's the context, in what context is it useful. So yeah, it's one way of increasing your vocabulary. Try to learn the words, the exact words mm-hmm. and not misheard words, yes. misheard lyrics <laughs> of your songs. And then from there, try to digest the sayings or the words that's being used. And of course, this comes with a disclaimer. Songs usually have the, what's that, artistic license to sometimes have wrong grammar. So don't, don't sing the songs as they are, but learn the words used in the lyrics, I would say. Yeah, you're right. I think there are a lot of songs that are like they purposely make it wrong grammar, like because it's ghetto, mm. it's a slang way of speaking or something. Like, I ain't got nothing, you know, that that's wrong, right? That's wrong grammar. No. <laughs> I think for African-Americans, they use double negatives a lot. Which is quite confusing. Yes. A... <laughs> I ain't got nothing. So when you say I ain't got nothing, technically you're canceling. Mm, but they still mean they have nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah, which is wrong. So, so yeah. It's not double negative positive. It's double negative and still negative. <laughs> yes, it's not like that. But, you know, just look for the words. Like you hear a word and, oh, I don't know what that word means. Then nowadays, it's not difficult to find a dictionary, right? You have your smartphone. Mm. So just Google. I mean, I do that a lot as well. And also the good thing about having a Kindle, for example, but to read books now compared to Mm. like in the past when you have to actually read a honest-to-goodness book with paper pages. Now you can actually highlight and then look up the meaning. Yeah, in an instant. Yeah, do that. If there's an unusual word, like, oh, and then use it as an opportunity to learn something new. And try to use it, if not in daily conversation, then, I don't know, email, (laughs) insert it somewhere. Aside from giving you the meaning as well, the, the smartphones are so clever that they will also give you synonyms antonyms like mm, yeah. word associated with these words so it's like wow it's it's very powerful can you imagine before you have to rush to your very <laughs> thick dictionary yes and did you also carry this like oxford english yeah uh, pocket dictionary right pocket dictionary yes <laughs> Okay, you, you've learned the words, you know, the vocabulary. As I said, you need to practice them. You could start small. Do taglish, maybe not so pretentious like, you know, con your way, but just insert one English word into one sentence or something, right? Mm. Like if you learn a complicated word, for example, um, ruminate, it means think deeply about something. Okay, so you learn that word, then maybe you could insert it into conversation. Yeah. But how do you even make that taglish? <laughs> Sounds very weird. It's the wrong word to pick. <laughs> like, what do you say? Teka lang, mag-ruminate mo na ako. <laughs> Sounds so weird. <laughs> um, um, people will look at you and say, what the hell are you sniffing, man? I want some. You seem high. Yeah, maybe not that. But, you know, just think of a way to just use it, you know, in small ways. Or maybe you heard a line from a song or something. Yeah, like, for example, if your boyfriend or girlfriend is trying to break up with you and then you all of a sudden remember the Backstreet Boys song and then Mm -hmm. you say, quit playing games with my heart, then, you know, (laughs) just use the words, man. With my heart. With With my my heart. heart. (laughs) I should have known from the start. With my heart. (laughs) With my heart. It's like, what the... (laughs) Just try and use it as much as you can. For sure, there will be instances like you, you, you talk to people all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And, and try to be clever and try to use the words that you know or, or phrases that you know in conversation so that it will stick with you. Because yes. the moment you don't use it, you know, it will just go away. You, you won't remember it. It's, it's hard to remember it without actually using it. 
Exactly. And another way I think is try and force yourself in speaking in English by speaking to locals that don't speak the local language. Like in the Philippines, we have a lot of foreigners who are students of English as a secondary language, right? So we have a lot of Koreans, a lot of Japanese expatriates from other countries who are in the Philippines and try to speak with them because you will be forced to speak in English. Otherwise, you won't be understood. So in that way, you have no excuse to use Tagalog or to use Cebuano or Chavacano. You, You really have to stick to English. And in that way, you know, you're not pretending anymore you're not trying you you really have to <laughs> it's like it's already a necessity to speak in english and the more instances or the more circumstances you will be involved with that then you know the better you will become yeah as with anything right practice makes perfect so if you're abroad then you should make friends with people who are not filipinos because a tendency for filipinos when they move abroad they usually just befriend filipinos like themselves mm. because you know you're more comfortable you're probably slightly afraid to speak in english or you're afraid of the learning new customs or something you're too set in your ways actually i experienced that when i first moved to singapore as well like you know i was knocking myself into this communities that are only filipinos And then eventually, I opened myself up to non-Filipinos. And and then I definitely improved my English-speaking abilities once there. Because as you said, I got forced to speak in English, right? You cannot find anyone. Like, you know, find a video pal. Is there a video pal? (laughs) It's a phone pal. What is that? Zoom pal? What is that called? Is there such a thing, I wonder? Anyway, I don't know. But, you know, maybe find a friend online. Mm. When you're playing your online games and you meet a Russian mm. or an American or whatever it is, then you practice your English with them. I'm living in Japan and I'm trying to practice my Japanese. And whenever I speak to my friend who's Japanese but also is comfortable with English, mm-hmm. I'm always tempted to switch to English because I know he can understand. I know he will be able to kind of speak back in English. That's why I always switch back to English. But compared to speaking to a Japanese that's not as comfortable in English, I'll be forced to actually speak in Japanese. Ah, you're right. There's no other way. I actually prefer it that way. Like I'm forced to. I'm always surprised that "Mm, I didn't realize I know so (laughs) much words already until I've spoken to a a local that, that is not comfortable in English. Be in those situations, you'll be surprised how many English words you know. My last tip is you can join organizations that also force you to speak because maybe the problem is just you are not comfortable in speaking to people. Uh, If you're in college, you can join debate clubs. Like Ray and I, we both joined debate clubs in our university years. And so that improves your speaking ability, especially since you have to speak in front of an audience. (laughs) Like Suddenly, you are surprised that, oh, I didn't know that I'm a good speaker (laughs) because you are forced. If you're not in school, I know there's a popular club called Toastmasters. I'm not a part of it. Mm. Were you ever a part of that, right? Nope, I wasn't. But I've heard of it. And I've heard of people being part of that club and they can attest that it really helped them improve their use of the language. It seems like a very good club to be a part of. It not only improves your English speaking ability, but also your public speaking ability. Your confidence. Which is very important for a lot of things. So for work, it improves your confidence. And also when you're doing presentations or talking to big bosses, Mm -hmm. then you're not super conscious about the fact that you need to present a deck to like 
a managing director who is American. Like, if you're Filipino, you would feel very self-conscious. Like, would he think I have wrong grammar? Do I know how to translate this word in English? <laughs> you should start practicing, is what I'm saying. I wonder if the goal of being part of a Toastmasters club is you'll be a good Toastmaster, meaning in every dinner... <laughs> You will give a toast and you are a master in giving toast? Is that is that Probably. A... I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Because giving a toast is actually not easy, right? Now that we mentioned that, in, in our culture, mm. we, we don't do toasts, right? Yeah, I think it's just a speech in weddings. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, you, you don't get married every day. So uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we, we never really have toasts, right? Like unlike in Western culture, if there's a birthday party and then somebody would ring his glass, ding, 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 ding. And then I'd like to propose a toast to this jolly old fellow who's celebrating his birthday. And then sometimes they would say something embarrassing about that person. That as a practice, we don't actually have that in our culture now do we we don't right yeah i don't think we do you're right if it's somebody's birthday it's usually we present our thoughts through song and dance <laughs> dance number for ray and then you know <laughs> so i don't think we have speeches so much or toasts so much mm. you're right we should we should do that the next time we meet whenever we have a celebration <laughs> we should try and propose okay, a okay i would I'd like, like to propose, propose a, toast. a toast to the birthday girl yeah i think that would be odd <laughs> Also because we're not big fans of cocktails. Yes, I was going to say, um, we usually drink beer, right? Mm. Wine is pasosyal again. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why. I think one final tip is if you want to gain confidence in speaking English or if you want an avenue to practice your English-speaking abilities, please come be a guest in a podcast, but most especially Banana Q podcast. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> this will help you practice <laughs> English. And we don't bite. We don't judge. Yeah, our English is not perfect either. I mean, mm. I, I noticed that it's easier to make corrections if you're writing. But when you're speaking, like, you know, you have wrong grammar sometimes, but you cannot go back and edit it. Minus the grammatical errors, for as long as you're able to convey the message, then you're already successful. You're already communicating. Yeah, exactly. And we're both Bisaya. Sometimes our chicken becomes chicken, but that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I understand what you're trying to say, and I completely understand because I'm Bisaya too, and I, I mess up my pronunciation. Yeah, that's completely okay. So do not be self-conscious about that. This is a safe space. <laughs> yes, it is. And who cares what other people think, right? Just speak. Yeah. This is our podcast. The hell if, if we have wrong grammar. If somebody actually tells us like, hey, you think your English is great, it's terrible. And I'm going to just show him my IELTS results. See, I'm an 8.5 <laughs> on my speaking test. <laughs> and by the way, on IELTS, 9 is the perfect score. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Please, come forward. Come be our guest and let's have be fun speaking okay. English together. Yes. Be our Guest. guest be our guest <laughs> from was that beauty and the beast uh, i think beauty and the beast it was a song by i forgot his name the candle lumiere i think Lua lumiere yes lumiere. so if you like this episode you might also like episode 11 and you live in japan without speaking japanese which is also related to language mm -hmm. thank you very much for listening thank you bye, bye. <laughs>